Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Thanks, sponsors, Tops, Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Hugs and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Comsey.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Yesterday, Easter Sunday, is also known as Resurrection Sunday, and by golly, John Keating has resurrected that 70s card show he put to bed, and lo and behold, he's back with cards I should have by now. I just listened to the first episode, always an entertaining listen. I recommend it. But it got me thinking, and he started out with the 54 Ted Williams card number one of cards that he should have had by now. He doesn't, and he's going to remedy that pretty quick. And I just thought, I'd probably got a list of cards that I should have by now and that I maybe had an opportunity to get and I didn't get or I never got for whatever reason, never had it. And in many cases, I I don't know that it's completely too late, but it just doesn't feel right to get them now. There are cards in some cases that I thought, I'll get that eventually, and now eventually has come, and I don't think I'm going to get it. I have a great collection, but I don't have everything, and I'm trying to be comfortable with that, that I don't have to have everything. I think that's part of the charm and the danger of being a serious collector, is if you say, I have to have everything, it can get pretty expensive. And so I've got a valuable collection, and maybe I can trade back and forth. But uh, even if I never get another card, I've got a great collection. In my discussion of cards I should have by now, there are cards that I used to have that I no longer have that I'd like to have back. I sold them off when I started the company, something like that. That's not really what I'm talking about, getting those cards back. These are cards that in most cases I never had. And in most cases, I think I had chances to get the card at a obviously a much, much lower price than what it would be now, but I didn't. And now to pay a hundred times as much now as to what I passed on 40 years ago just doesn't feel right. I'm pretty much limiting this to 20th century, the cards that I'm talking about. In most cases, these cards could have been had for hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars, but not tens of thousands when I was during them. And in, like I say, in some cases passed or made a decision. But again, if I was going to a card show in the old days, did I have a thousand dollars in my pocket to spend on opportunistic buys? Did I have 2,000, 3,000? Did I have 500? I had hundreds, thousands, but I never walked around a card show with $10,000, but I'm sure I walked around with 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, something like that. So I had enough to be a player. 3,000 back in those days would be like 30,000 or 300,000 now because some things have gone up in 40 years, have gone up 10x. Many things have gone up 100x. So I had a chance, instead of spending $3,000 which I think it was a little bit more than that when I was the underbidder on a Wagner card. Now that looks just stupid. But I took that $3,000 when I didn't bid the next increment and came in second. I'm sure I bought three very nice collections that were valuable and good deals instead. So I didn't have unlimited funds when I was in my 20s, but I had enough to buy a lot of nice stuff. So as I said, I had pretty much all the Tops and Bowman and Gowdies and Playballs and the Sports Kings and the Leafs and all that stuff. So I had complete sets of all that. So pretty much nothing here in the world of baseball is the cards I should have by now. I had all those. Now, I don't have all of them now, but I did have them then, and that's good enough for me. 
Wagner, first on the list of cards I should have by now. For how serious I was, as I said, I came in second and I'm not going to pay the money now. It's a lot of money now and I don't want to spend that much for a card. I'd rather have the money than a card. Same thing with Plank. I had a chance for the Plank and a pass. It's a long story. But again, if I had a choice between having the Plank or the Wagner, I'd want the Wagner. And the plank has not gone up. That's I'm talking about T206. The Lajouet, I told the story about how I had a problem in an auction with the Lajouet with another famous member of our industry where he got it and I didn't. And I wasn't happy about that, but it was resolved. But that's taken the heart out of me wanting to get a Lajouet, even though, as I said, at all the Gaudis, that really was a later issue 33 Gaudi card 106 that came out the next year. So my dad was a collector then. He didn't have it. He did have Sport Kings. He did have a check of football and baseball. And he had heads ups. And so my dad had a sprinkling of everything from 33 up through 41. He had some 41 play balls too. So anyway, I had all that stuff. And so that's not it. But I passed on getting a DeLong Gehrig. And I always thought, I'll just get that eventually. I'm not really collecting that set. And I passed on what I think is a great card. I passed on getting Briggs Meats, or Mays. I don't even remember, but I just had chances to get. I picked up Stallmeyers. I picked up a bunch of uh, Rodeo Meats of good players, Dandy Potato Chips. I had a complete set of those. But for whatever reason, the Briggs and some of them, I just never, when they would be available, which is very rarely, I didn't go after them. I never picked up a National Chicko Football, Rockney, or Nagurski. I regret that now because I think they're great cards and they're priced out of what I would like to pay. I could have had them for hundreds of dollars, not tens of thousands, and probably in pretty good shape. I could have had some of the Topps test issues from the 60s, like the Dice Game Mantle. They would have been outrageously priced at the time in terms of perspective, but not compared to what they would be now. So I wasn't going to do that. I'm sure I've passed on Joe Jackson and Casey Stengel in their like Old Mill or these other very tough, like their rookie cards. Um, I regret that. I generally passed on superstars of Cracker Jacks, even in pretty good shape from the 1915 issue. Again, I regret it, but I made that decision. But my biggest regrets, even though this is sports card insights, not necessarily baseball card insights, my biggest regrets are in non-baseball sets. I'm not ashamed to say, because like I said, I have a great collection, and instead of certain things, I have other things, but I always thought I could always get a Gretzky rookie, 7980 hockey, OPG or tops, and I actually don't have them, because I just thought I could always get that, because all the OPG sets I had before and after, and I just thought, oh, one of these days I'll pick that up, but they're pricey, Gretzky's great, I really thought he was an all-time great, a GOAT. Uh, similarly, not a goat, but I never picked up a 65 tops Joe Namath. You know, the tall boy, Joe Namath, his rookie card. I didn't even know what I was thinking. I just, it was always a little bit higher priced. It was a short print. And I thought, nah, I don't need to have that. I didn't like uh, oversized cards. I thought, oh, I'll get that eventually. Eventually has never happened. So I don't have that card. Now, don't send it to me if anybody's thinking that way. I don't want free cards and I don't want to buy it at the prevailing price. So I'm okay. In fact, I'm an example for other collectors that it's okay not to have everything, even though I could have more stuff, but it's okay not to have everything. It's okay to have a great collection that is not absolutely complete with everything your heart desires. Again, sheepishly, I don't have a 57 tops Bill Russell, 57, 58. Same thing. I passed on it. I just thought, ah, oh, it's not a hard card. They're out there, but now they're out there at a very high price. Here's a technical answer. The 8081 tops Bird Magic Irving. Technically, I had a dozen at least of those. 
but actually I had zero because when they came out, that was in the days of first base where I was one of the partners in that store. And Brian Gray famously came in periodically and would always pick those up. I could have set aside one for myself and said, hey, guys, with the other two partners, I could have said, I'd like to have that for my collection. But they were so common. You could buy boxes. They were hard to sort. But you knew that was a good card. But it wasn't such a great card that you said, hey, this thing is going to go to the stratosphere or buy it now before it goes crazy. I never thought that. And so now I'm sitting here. And if somebody asked to see my 8081 Tops Bird, Magic, Irving, can I see it? Or what grade is it in? I've got to say, I don't have it. And uh, like I said, it's not that I never had it. I never had it personally. I had it corporately (laughs) and then they're gone. And the same thing with some of these other things. I probably could come up with a list of golf, tennis, Olympics, boxing, wrestling, and even non-sport of desirable cards. Again, when I was going to card shows in the 70s, there was all kinds of stuff there. And anything I would have bought pretty much would have been a great deal looking back. But as you all know, I guess I could say I concentrated more on Roberto Clemente. I did pick up Mickey Mantles that I thought were good because I knew he'd be great trade material. And Aaron and Mays and all the iconic guys. John Keating, as I started off with, his Ted Williams example, and he went on about how Ted Williams was arguably the greatest hitter of all time, left-handed or right-handed, and had amazing eyesight and just amazing statistics. And when you figure out that he was patriotic and really wound up losing seasons for injuries and military service, you could extrapolate his statistics and it would just be amazing. He has a couple of cards that I should have had by now that I do have. One, not just the 54 Tops number one. A card I should have by now that I don't have, I guess, is the 54 Tops number one Ted Williams Canadian version. And that's the grayback. And I've never had that. Okay. They only did the first 50 cards. And so, John, I'm with you on that. That's a card I should have by now. I haven't been going to Canada regularly. Quit doing that probably 20 years ago, but I went a lot in the late 70s and 80s. But in the other, it took me a long time to get the 54 Bowman Williams, which is the withdrawn card where they replaced him with Pearsall. I didn't get that for years. In fact, I probably got that I don't know when I got that, but I think I got that more recently in a Bill Huggins uh, treasure chest lot that just happened to be in there, which was terrific because that was always a tough card. And I passed on it back in the day. And the other I told about is 54 Wilson Wieners, Ted Williams, which I should have by now. I actually do have. But as I mentioned, I lost it for a while, which is just traumatic because I love the card. I love the aesthetics, the design of the card, the white background. Anyway, those are cards I should have by now. That unlike John, I'm not making a list so that I can get those cards now. I should have had them by now, and the fact that I have them just makes for my story. My story of I'm not going to leave a symbolic hole in my card wall. Of This is where the card that I never had would have gone. You know, guys do plastic sheets, albums, and they'll put a photocopy of a card they don't have yet, but I'm not going to do that. I just I don't have it. I never had it. I wish I would have it by now, but for whatever reason, I didn't pull the trigger at the time, and I think I just have to live with my choices. Like in men's health, they have eat this, not that. I bought things that were also, were they healthier for me? I don't know, but it turned out great. The moral of my story here is that even though you think you should have it by now, John Keating is right. He's going to go for those cards 
but it can also be right to say, you know what, I missed out on that, and I'm going to go, I'm focusing more now. In fact, I really am focusing more now on 21st century cards. I have plenty of 19th century and 20th century cards. You're not seeing a lot of that in the dollar boxes. I'm not looking for huge cards. I'm looking for good cards that I can enjoy. At any rate, that's it for Easter Monday. And thanks, John Keating, for motivating this. And good luck in your new podcast. Look forward to perhaps contributing in that. You always make it interesting. So thanks, everybody. Hope you had a great weekend. And I will be back again in a couple of days with another episode. The man in the house.